Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings annual advocacy to the airwaves. It's a radio program dedicated to raising awareness of issues concerning animals. This includes advocacy, activism, protection, conservation and importantly appreciation. The show is broadcast from 3CR Studios in Melbourne on 855am. Before us, you heard Sally uh, show out of the pan. Make sure you check that out. Seven, uh, sorry, twelve to one every Sunday. Don't worry, seven from uh, twelve to one every Sunday. You can also look it up at three crorgau And on the show today, we're going to be recapping the annual activist forum, which took place uh, last weekend in Melbourne. And to join me, we've got two people who attended the forum. First of all, Harley McDonald Eckersall. Thanks for joining me, Harley. Thank you for having me back. And also joining us is Trevor Whedon. Thanks for coming in, Trevor. No worries. And I'm Nick Pendergrass hosting today. I was also due to speak at and attend the Adam Microsoft <laughs> Forum and unfortunately was unwell and, and couldn't come along, unfortunately. But luckily we've got two people who wear that who are going to discuss it. So I thought we'd talk for those who I guess unfamiliar with the Animal Activist Forum. Um, I guess a bit about the forum, but also I guess a bit about the importance of activists coming together once a year Um yeah, and meeting together and sharing ideas, those kind of things. So maybe starting with, with Harley, what do you see as the importance of the, these kind of events in general? Yeah, so I think they are really important. I think um, often, like in countries like Australia especially, where it's such a big country, we're really spread out. And even though the forum, you know, it doesn't, it does, it is based in Melbourne sometimes Sydney, sometimes some other countries, and it does often get, like, a lot of people from those cities. It also does attract people from other states in Australia, and it's just an opportunity to hear what's been happening around Australia and kind of bring that together. And I also feel like it can be, A, really isolating to be an activist, especially a new activist, and I see a lot of people going to those forums are new activists, that people who have just come into this, and they're wanting to get a sense of what this movement is about, what the groups are, what they what their skills might be able to contribute. So it's a great place to share, for groups to be able to share, this is what we're doing, this is what we need, and then for people to be identified be able to identify where they might fit in Mm. and also it's so easy to get caught in your echo chamber it's so and even within a movement you kind of split off into different groups you kind of become associated with a certain organization or a certain um, strategic mindset and it can be easy to kind of splinter off into those different cells and I feel like this these kind of events they provide an opportunity to break that and to hear different perspectives, hear different ways of doing things, evaluate, is my way of doing things still what I agree with? Does it still align with my values? Is there a better way to do what I'm doing? Are there people who I can collaborate with? So it's just a great way to kind of break us out of our kind of set ways of thinking and continue to move, the, push the movement forward. So, yeah, I think they are really important. Trev, anything going to add to that? Um, no, I thought that was great, but... um. Also, just quickly wanted to um, say that we are meeting today on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and just to pay respects to elders past, present and emerging, and be aware that this is stolen land and we should fight colonisation that is ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, what Harley said is great. It's really, really good way to, I guess, try and keep people a bit, yeah, I think popping that bubble is probably the most important thing, popping that those bubbles that we have and being aware 
in in all in all essences like being being aware of if there's different ways that you can do things that you want to do or even if there's people that are doing things that you didn't realize they were doing and that you might want to you know try and <clears throat> use that as a way to educate or pull people together um i think that it just helps people be aware of exactly what's happening because we don't know mm. all the time exactly what's happening we only see what might get shared on facebook or what's in the media and that might not be a good cross-section of what's happening mm, yeah and we will talk a bit at the end uh liberated uh futures is, is a conference coming up that um yeah some of some of us are helping to organize and yeah i think those kind of events are really important when we do have maybe a certain faction within the movement can kind of come together and and share ideas and that kind of thing but i think it is also worth like engaging with the broader movement as well and, mm. and interacting with people who maybe haven't heard this stuff before too uh also i've um yeah hearing recently on a podcast called vegan warrior princesses attack if anyone wants to check that out but it's um they spoke about going to the ar conference in the u.s i think um, maybe it's called our conference but it's basically the equivalent event in the u.s where yeah all the groups come together or all the bigger groups and, and people from you know the, the animal movement all across the usa and they were sort of talking about i guess what the event was and what it was trying to be and what it could be and those kind of things and they were saying that in the past there's obviously all kinds of different talks and different groups but what it had kind of been in the past was what they called more of a show and tell Mm. So I was like, here's what this group has been doing the last year. Here's what this group. And they were saying what it could be in sort of the direction they thought it was moving in, in a positive way uh, was that it's more about it's a ch chance to come together, uh, critically think about where we're going as a mm. movement. What can we do better? Um, thinking critically without, you know, sort of getting together and just like fighting with each other, but also just, yeah, sort of reflecting critically on the movement. And, and they were saying, again, there were sort of elements of both. And I think if like a show and tell is kind of part of mm. these events, that's no problem. But I think it can definitely be a lot more more than that so yeah did yeah. were I, I imagine just from looking at the, the topics i did seem there was some of this sort of uh critical more strategic yeah. kind of thinking going on at the conference i would definitely say that's changed as well so mm. i've been to the last three conferences i presented at the last two um and for the first two i went to there was a lot more of that kind of show and tell there was mm. a lot more of just a talk by a group it was mm. like this is a talk by this organization and the point of this talk is to tell you what we're doing what we've mm. done in the past year and it was even presented at that at the start like at mm. the talk they'd say this is a chance for people to give like update mm. like and that was kind of people would go into their presentations that i would be to update and say how you can help mm. and almost further than that like a sales pitch in a way yeah like, come and join yeah. us this is what we're doing this is why it's great exactly mm. and yeah. i would say that this year it had has shifted a bit and i still think it was a little bit like it's a little bit of a shaky shift and it's a little bit rusty and not like there was but there were some talks about like thinking about the future of the movement and how we can move forward um i and i think that's really important i think i've seen that shift as well um another thing i think like i went earlier in the year i went to the animal liberation conference in america which mm. is run by dxe and that was a really interesting version of a conference, I think, because that's run by one organization. So it's like what you said, that's kind of like an opportunity to get like a splinter kind of group together, but it just happens to be a massive splinter group. And that kind of showed how those conferences can also be a way for a certain group organization to like push an agenda. So it's like all the talks in that, that kind of thing were very tailored to get people thinking along a certain line, get people willing to do certain things so it's like it can also kind of be like that rather than that kind of multiple perspectives it can be very curated to mm. be like this is the way we want you to think <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that's a guess a risk and <laughs> the way we don't want to go but i think this new kind of yeah 
critical thinking is really important. And mm. and I think also, again, for those of us who maybe do associate with maybe a certain faction of the movement, I think it is a good way to check in and to mm. give us other ideas, even though we may not, you know, we may reject some of them, obviously, but it is good to at least be aware of the other things that are going on in the movement. And, and maybe we can learn things from others who might be part of a different faction within the movement. And there was one session that stood out to me. Um, it was, yeah, a bunch of different people on this panel, but it was uh, what do activists think is the best and most effective way forward in the coming year and obviously I wasn't there it wasn't any of the sessions I was actually speaking at this time if I would have been speaking at it but yeah I think that you know whether or not the session is is called something like that I I really think that that at least to me is the most important thing of like any session mm. again whatever you're bringing to it whether you are you're in a way reporting back on what you've been doing for the year um, or whether you know in my case it was more so reflecting on what maybe animal advocates can learn from sociological ideas but mm. whatever it may be I think that is probably the most important thing about like what could we be doing differently what we could be doing better those kind of issues mm. and i'd say not just what we can be doing in terms of the actual sort of physical tangible we should be doing this or we should change our advocacy or we should tailor it a little bit this way but more as well just learning the skills of how to be able to critically think and analyze and self-criticize and grow so that that can be an ongoing skill that we can use rather than just mm. using it as a once-off that oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be open-minded and I'm going to maybe change my advocacy methods because I have been doing this, I thought it was the best, but now I'm aware that this is better. Mm. Um, fostering people to actually do that proactively rather than wait until it's sort of passively, you know, they come across it through a talk or something so that if we can foster everyone in the movement to be more critical um, in a positive way, constructive criticism, mm. um, and learn that as an ongoing skill so that it, it doesn't have to wait for a forum or it doesn't have to wait for other people. Like internally within our organizations, we can be constantly rechecking and saying, okay, can we do this better? How did we think we went with this? What were the negatives? What were the positives? Because there's negatives and positives in every action, every advocacy. Mm. I think we've got to be honest with that. Just because something has a net positive result doesn't mean there aren't negative parts to it that we could minimize in the future. Mm. And so I think, um, yeah, not to disagree with you, but I think just that, because um, I, I do agree with you, that's really important, but maybe at this stage, it should be more about us learning those skills as activists and sharing them with others rather than finding the correct answers as mm. such, because the correct answers are going to change every year, every month. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I think also, I think more interactive kind of sessions can really help with that as well. And um, yeah, certainly it is always difficult as a speaker because you've always, always got so many different mm. ideas, but certainly at least uh, my plan, if I, if I did um, speak, was I guess more to open a discussion about, um, I guess when it comes to harm to animals, that individuals are somewhere in the mix, but there's so much going on beyond individuals. Like mm. we've got companies, we've got governments and economic systems and all these kind of issues and how can we sort of account that for activists in terms of how you know rather than just going you know you're paying for this and therefore animals are dying those kind of messaging where it puts it all the blame on the individuals um how can we incorporate you know, some of those ideas that, that account for the impact of industries, for example, not just individuals. Yeah. And I guess the idea of like me giving some ideas, but also opening up a discussion about that and even, um, yeah, Collectively Free Coolin Nations, I believe is the the name now. Is that right? Collectively Free Coolin Nations? Yeah, that, the, yep, the, yep. the so-called Melbourne was just a placeholder while we yep. tried to figure yep. out what would be the most respectful 
suited name. Yeah, and, and on that show, we, we definitely touched on that topic as well. So I certainly, yeah, I guess not acting as, as like the speakers are the only ones who have ideas on these topics. And I think that definitely can be put out in that, I guess, I guess more humble way. Like here's some ideas on how we could incorporate some of the, these ideas, but not just like this is how it is as you're kind of touching on. Yeah. All right, I think we might go to a, a track now and then we'll get into some of the key themes from the conference and, um, yeah, some of the talks and, and those kind of issues. But I thought we'd play, um, yeah, a couple of clips which relate to horse racing, considering we had the uh, horse racing industry exposed on 7.30 ABC uh, primetime TV in Australia, which has generated, generated a lot of discussion and, and criticism of the horse racing industry. So I've got a couple of clips. Uh, the first one is from the TV show or comedy series um, from... From Sammy J and this is Just Keep Winning is basically from the perspective of a horse um, where he's been in- interviewed um, yeah, as a horse um, and yeah so I'm going to start off with that and then I'm going to go into the track Wilhelm's Horse by Abolition who are a Melbourne band um, yeah promoting animal liberation so yeah we'll play those tracks and then we'll get back with more uh, on the Animal Activist Forum after that. Is there still a future for racing in this country? <sighs> Look I think it's still the dream of every horse to grow up and be forced to sprint in a circle whilst being whipped on the back by a silky elf for the pleasure of degrade celebrities. And that's a great Australian tradition that will continue for generations to come.
Matthew Fagan Band and Friends presents Earth Show, a rock and classical journey across our living planet. It's a music and visual spectacular, celebrating the one planet that we inhabit. Saturday the 9th of November at the Deacon Edge Federation Square. Concert starts at 8pm and an environment symposium, Our Shared Home, is on from 5pm. There's a 40% discount for 3CR subscribers, making your all-inclusive tickets just $33 for adults, $30 concession and $24 for students. Plus booking fee and don't forget to book in with the 3CR subscriber code 3CR20. Go to www.matthew-fagan.com. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Freedom of Species on the airwaves of 3CR and we are joined by Harley and Trevor discussing the Animal Activist Forum which took place last weekend here in Melbourne. And yeah, before that though, uh, before the break, we heard from a yeah a couple of tracks all about the recent horse rate racing scandal uh, that yeah has been exposed and generated a lot of discussion about the horse racing industry. So I'm going to pass it straight over to Trevor. We've all got some thoughts on this, but we'll go to Trevor first. Yeah, yeah we all had a bit of a chat during that break about the horse racing scandal and and what's been happening in the media. Um, we should have recorded it and just played that yeah. over the air. It was a nice little chat, but we'll, we'll try and rehash it for everyone now. It's always better um, the second time. Yeah. <laughs> Had a practice. Said, yeah. That's it. You get the performance version now, not the rehearsal. But um, we were saying how interesting it is that um, with with this scandal that's come out, which was a fantastic investigation, um, I don't think anyone disagrees, um, but it's interesting how a lot of the people who are given a platform in the media and even a lot of the ways that it's been framed in all of the media is all about the welfare of horses there isn't, there hasn't been much condemnation of the act of horse racing or even the act of exploiting horses at all. It was purely about this is not good enough. I had no idea it was mm. happening like this. We need to do better. Mm. Um, and I think that that's a really good example of where any action, any advocacy, advocacy that we do as animal rights activists, we have to acknowledge that there's going to be a positive and a negative component to our messaging. Um, and it doesn't mean that it, we don't do anything and it doesn't mean that it's wrong, but it just means to be aware that while we're making positive strides in one way, there's negative sort of bounce back from another way. So now we have to be willing to be able to fight that welfareist message that is going to be right to the surface now. Mm. Yeah, I think it was sometimes when we're we're opposing the killing of horses, which is a good thing, obviously, not the killing of horses, but opposing it is a, is a good thing. Um, but yeah, often it's framed in a way of like, well, we're not against horse racing, it's just mm. this one element, and we can actually reinforce the practice of horse racing, mm. which, which also harms animals. But I'll pass it over to Harley. Yeah, so this is an issue that's pretty close to my heart, because I grew up around horses, and I grew up mm. riding horses. And actually, when I went vegan, um, and when I kind of became an activist, that was the hardest thing for me to contemplate not doing ever again, horse riding. And I know many vegans who still consider horse riding to be something yeah. that is acceptable. Yeah. And this issue, like I completely support all, compa- all campaigns that are anti-horse racing. I completely think they're mm. on the right track. But what gets to me is that there often isn't an attack on the practice of exploiting horses. And in society, horses in general are often thought to have it good enough. Like they're thought to be on the same level of dogs and cats, Mm. as in they're domesticated, they have a bond with their owners, it's good enough. And like in reality, horses to be ridden have to be, you know, the process is called broken in for Mm. a reason. They are, their spirits, their souls, basically, they're broken and... 
to submit to a human doing something which they would never tolerate, which is sitting on their back. Like you have to think what kind of trauma that would do to any horse. And what gets to me, especially when we're talking about horse racing, is there's often a discussion that turns to, we have to do something better. We can't be killing these horses. We can't be turning them into dog food. We have to rehome them. And what what always accompanies that is not only rehoming them so they can live out their lives in peace which is what they deserve it's retraining them to become Hmm. riding horses so they can be rehomed because a horse that is not ridden is considered a waste like when i was growing up people referred to them as paddock ornaments so it's like that kind of pervasive um attitude in society that horses need to be used by humans to have worth. And if they're not being raced, if they're not racing, then they have to have another use. Mm. And I think that is something that is very rarely challenged. And even in vegan groups, even in activist circles, it's a it's a sticky subject. Like you bring it up and you're never sure if someone's going to go, well, I have a bond with my horse and we, you know, I just, they love me riding them and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I think that's something that needs to be, thought about when we're Mm. running these campaigns and when we're talking to the public because horses often left behind because yeah they thought it's just like that it's good enough what we're doing for them is good enough except for racing Mm. and you were mentioning brumbies as well yeah yeah exactly um yeah i was um so in like brumbies in australia are often subject to brutal culls like um helicopters with machine guns shooting down and it's like they say oh we don't target mares with foals but you know when you're in a helicopter with like a gatling gun firing off bullets it's pretty hard to aim and fire so there's been you know it's horrific what happens to these horses and Mm. but again they're commodified as being that it's not as bad as what happens to other animals it's not as bad so yeah i think we need to remember that race horses aren't a species Horses are the species and horses are being exploded in different ways across different things. And we can't kind of just take out race horses and, you know, make it better. Again, kind of that welfare thing, make it better for them when that might mean, yeah, we have more horses going into homes to be ridden. Um, we have, yeah, more horses who are being killed because they're causing damage to the environment or whatever reason they want to come up with to kill them mm. so yeah it's kind of that, that conne- those connections between horses just can't be segmented into race horses and riding horses and companion horses and brumbies they're all kind of they co- coexist so yeah. Mm. yeah yeah i think on the riding horses one one person i've followed the work of a lot is uh, roger yates is a sociologist and animal advocate over in ireland and mm. his his idea around horse racing was that he was actually horse riding sorry was that he was okay with it but as long as we swap over and the horse rides the human <laughs> as well so i always think that's a, a fair fair if you're happily ridden by the horse then maybe maybe we'll consider it but, i appreciate that yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I always see with the, these kind of scandals of yeah it's often a very small part of the animal exploitation process yeah. that generates this outrage so in this case you've got horses who are already racing who are already at risk of injury and death on the track itself uh, and then they're going to be slaughtered afterwards and the outrage is the mistreatment in the middle Mm. and it's like but the whole process like you're just seeing a small part of it and that is kind of Mm. where the outrage comes and I, I, I often think the 
yeah, I guess what I see is the job of animal advocates is to rather than join in in the outrage that the public goes like, oh my God, this little tiny part of it is wrong, is um, to put it in some context and sort mm. of see the more fundamental yeah. issue, which is kind of what we've been touching on. And definitely, um, yeah, last show we had uh, Adam and Christian talking about this very issue and others as well. And, and that they were very strong, which I think is very important of this idea of, the problem, and this is how I feel as well, the problem is actually using animals mm. as resources. There's so many individual problems within that, but mm. that is sort of the fundamental problem. Once we use, uh, you know, view these animals as things for us to use, whether yeah. it's horse racing, whether it's riding, whatever, often the, yeah, their interests always come secondary and the, these sort of particularly uh, bad forms of abuse mm. are, are likely to happen. And even when we don't, we have those other processes, which are also horrible, as you say, breaking yeah. in horses to uh, make sure they serve human use rather than actually living out their own lives for yeah. their own reason as well so yeah i think that is we often when there's a scandal i think there's a few years ago there's something about a zoo that animal being fed live animals or something mm. like that and it was like you know a lot of animal advocates kind of joined in that outrage of this particular zoo doing this particular thing whereas i kind of think it's worth you know taking a step back and going well what is let's talk about some of the problems of zoos fundamentally yeah. mm. for example yeah. like stepping back i guess um and i wanted to link this to the animal activist forum as well again going back to that vegan warrior princess attack discussion mm. on the animal forum the ar forum apparently there was a rule at that forum you couldn't criticize other groups mm. that was one mm. of the things and it, it is such a fine line because obviously you know i don't see any point in getting together and all just sort of yeah slagging off other groups just for the sake of it and there is infighting etc but certainly what i plan to in my talk is, is talk about events i'd been part of and uh, support and that i'd taken part of and that maybe we could have done slightly better or just framed slightly differently so i think we can have this sort of constructive criticism including of ourselves mm. without sort of you know you know moving into that sort of infighting unproductive nature um, but I also want to link this to uh, the 2017 forum, which I did attend here in Melbourne. And we did a recap of that, not on this show. This was before I was part of this show, but on my podcast. And one of the key themes we thought came up was this shift from sort of a welfare approach where we're talking about making animal exploitation more, more humane to more, mm. more rights approach. And obviously that that sort of shift has taken to different, different degrees, different organisations, different individuals. But we definitely saw a shift in that direction uh, from that forum. So, yeah, that, that was one thing we noticed from the 2017 forum but were, were there any key themes that stood out that you thought these maybe as sort of indication of where where the movement or at least where that forum is going um yeah i think so i think kind of what we were talking about earlier that kind of future focus i think that was a lot more apparent this year there was a lot more talk of strategy there was a lot more talk of bi movement building kind of stuff um there was a lot more talk of like planning um it was less was less like individual based. And I think there was again, a sh as well, a shift away from like vegan. Um, I think there was like mm. a previous conference that I've been to, there's lots of been like, you know, vegan outreach, vegan education. This is how we make people go vegan. Um, how do we, what's the best way to make people go vegan, blah, 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 you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and there was less of that this year from what I've, like I didn't get to attend all the sessions of course, but um from the ones I looked at and from the ones I read about as well, there was less of that. And there was also less focus on outreach generally as a strategy, as in like leafleting, um, street outreach. And it was more about um, the pros and cons of disruptive actions, um, campaigns mm. as well. So it was kind of... And I, I think, you know, I think that's a sign of our movement growing in maturity um, as well as a sign of what's happening around the world. Like disruption is 
big at the moment as an idea because of groups like Extinction Rebellion and what they're doing. And it's just, you know, things that happened earlier in Australia and this year as well. And also the increased repression by police. And I think at the moment, that's just the feeling that everyone's having that there's this kind of um, standing on the street isn't enough anymore. People are wanting to do more. So I think there was um, a general vibe of that, like Mm. kind of a bit of, yeah, a bit of, growth in like the movement maturity um one thing that i w- would want to say is you know that something might would might be would be really nice to see next year is there was still it was still quite human centric like there was still a lot of mm. this is how you can become a better activist this is how we can move forward this is how um yeah this is like what's most effective for you to do which is great like as allies we need to know that but it would be good like there was no presentations this year from I remember last year there was presentation from someone who ran a sanctuary there was no presentations this year mm-hmm. um and as well as always as all, every conference I've ever been to it was very separate from any animals it was you know we we're in the middle of Melbourne and that was quite stark to me that it's mm-hmm. very we're very removed um and we're very much talking about us and there was a lack in a lot of talks I went to. There was still a lack of actually talking about us as allies rather than, you know, the saviors, the heroes. So, mm. yeah. Was it you that told me that you envisioned sometime these forums are, forums are going to be on sanctuaries rather than in city buildings? I said that in, in my talk, yeah. yeah. So I did at the start of my talk, I did like a remembrance of mm. animals. Um, and that was one thing that I said that mm. that would be my dream for these kind of conferences they would be held on sanctuaries and that Mm. any important discussions concerning animals would happen in the presence of animals and that's and i use animals very loosely as expecting listeners to know that i understand that humans are also animals and that when i Mm. say animals i'm referring to animals other than humans specifically exploited species um and i know that um at vine sanctuary in the u.s Mm. that's part of their policy any they always any important decisions they make they make in the barn surrounded by the residents of the sanctuary Hmm. and it's like just so they never forget who they're making these decisions on behalf of or who they're making who they're kind of strategizing for so and i think that's something we're lacking Hmm. that's a really powerful point now what about for you um trevor any um broad themes kind of stand out for you yeah i think um another theme that came out from the conference was people's growing understanding and willingness to want to hear about how other issues are intertwined with animal rights and how, um, yeah, there, there are a lot more issues involved than just what meets the eye when you first realise that you want to go vegan. Um, well, it obviously depends on people's path to that. But, um, yeah, it was quite a common theme was um, for, through many of the talks that I attended um, and heard about other people attending was this concept of trying to minimise the harm that you might be doing to other issues while trying to advance your own Mm. animal rights issue. So being mindful if something that you're doing is going to have some harmful effect in terms of any racist undertones or any sexist undertones or um, is in any way sort of helping to keep alive homophobia or transphobia or fat phobia, like lots of other issues. So I think that's really... um, becoming something that people are, are grasping well as a as a collective um, and are really 
infusing into their campaigns and their actions and into their advocacy groups. And we're seeing that more and more. And I think that's a really, really positive thing. Um, mm. I'm really happy to see that. I think that it's going to mean um, similar to what Beth's talk um, was about. Um, it's going to really help those alliances between different movements. And I think that's going to be a key part of the future, the immediate future of animal rights campaigning. Mm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And and I definitely, from conversations, again, I've only been to the ones, I can't speak too much about how it's changed over the years, but I definitely know people have been going to them since, say, back 2015 or something. Mm. And, and they were saying there has been that shift of um, sort of the welfare to rights, which I mentioned already, but also this shift towards um, a greater concern to, I guess, the intersections with animal advocacy and, and other important social justice issues as well, mm. which uh, I think is a really positive development as well. And also that welfare to rights shift, that's quite an interesting point because I was thinking, um, yeah, based on Harley's points that, yeah, I guess we would, you know, some, I mean, my talk to Sam Neem was talking about my first animal activism was actually encouraging people to eat free-range meat. And I, I'm very glad <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Uh, but also that was with an Animals Australia campaign at the yeah. time. This is going back yeah. a long time. But I'm glad they don't do that anymore either. But there has been this shift from like more encouraging people to have free-range eggs towards more, a vegan shift. So that there, mm. that is a, a, a legitimate shift. Like it is, it is, yeah, there is something going on there um but as harley touched on like both of them are within the frame of individual mm. consumption as well so that there is change but within a certain framework and it seems like we're bringing in mm. other tactics beyond just individual change and, and consumption choices these mm. kind of things but i want to hand over to both to you maybe i think because um what you just touched on there trev sort of touched on your talk a little bit or at least some of the themes you spoke about it as well as other speakers there as well but do you want to talk a bit about what what your talk was about at the forum with uh, joanne madden yeah, so Joe and myself, we presented a talk, it was called Language and Messaging, How Not to Undermine Your Advocacy. And it was basically focused on making sure that the words that we use, um, that we don't really fall into a rut and just use words that we've heard before and that we've continued to use in the past. We really think about what impact our words and language and messaging will have on whoever our audience is. And that can be the general public, that can be the media, that can be other activists um, and other vegans. Um, and just being aware of, of what can be implied that we're not intending, but that we have to be aware of so that we're, we're tailoring our messaging and language as a, as a constant sort of evolution so that we're going to be inspiring the right message received in our audience. Mm. So it's um, a difficult part of that is making sure that we're not seen as or that anyone not just us but that when we're talking about these concepts that we're not attacking others or saying that someone's doing something wrong mm. i think that you said it really well um, when you said you look back at your first campaigns and how much you've learned and grown and i think that we all need to be aware that we're all on those paths and it's not just something that happens at the start i think it's mm. something that we have to be constantly evolving and i've had the same thing my first campaign that i ever did was on live export mm. and i wouldn't be doing any live export campaigning at all now. I feel like there's a lot more things that are more worthwhile of my attention um, and that are going to be maybe getting better gains with less um, racist undertones that sometimes happen with that campaign. Mm. So I think that that's, there's lots of examples where we can point to everyone and not just say that we know best and we're trying to tell you what to do. Mm. It's we've all found this out the hard way and we want to try and help other people keep reevaluating what we're doing mm -hmm. and find ways that we can eliminate any negatives that are part of our messaging language advocacy while trying to focus on more of the positives and, and get the balance tipped more towards positive without any negatives happening. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, we've had um, and we've had discussions with Trevor on the show before about like minimum standards, like what do we owe as animal activists? And I think you know one thing it probably doesn't mean is that we necessarily have to camp. Like every group has campaign for every single social justice issue, but I think as mm. a minimum standard, we don't contribute harm to that. So I know one uh, back in Perth when I was uh, very active in the movement, uh, one thing we had was a flyer. I think it was ten crazy things that every vegan hears or something like that, and we we changed the wording to ten ridiculous things every vegan yeah. is and so it's like is we don't necessarily have to campaign on mental health for example but i think it's very important we don't contribute to harm with for those suffering mental health issues just as one example so yeah. um yeah and I, I think that that uh, is a increasing discussion that's taking place and how, how was that um received at the forum that that sort of topic really well i just want to say well that's that's a great example as well how you know thinking about ableism and learning about ableism can have just such a what seems like an insignificant change to some people, but if everyone is doing that and people are thinking about it and it becomes in the forefront of your mind, it's such as such an easy change that can have a big effect. And then people will ask. So people in that organizing group might be say, why are we changing this? And then all of a sudden more people are aware of ableist language and yeah. So, but no, in general it was received really well. We had quite a few questions during the talk and after the talk, uh, people ended up leaving once they announced that there was still free food, but that was, <laughs> That's Completely understandable, <laughs> but we did go over time a little bit and people were willing to stand and to stay and listen. And um, it seemed that it was helping people question some things and, and it seemed really positive. Yeah, that's great. And there were, for listeners' background, there were three sessions going at a time. So obviously some people aren't going all the sessions, but I think either way, I think that it is really good, again, to get sort of outside of our factions engage. And again, we're not going to reach, the, like that particular session isn't going to reach everyone at the forum and people go to other sessions, but it re re least reach some people who maybe are less likely to think about these issues. And again, even those who are like already, say, a part of it and sort of are on board with that philosoph philosophically, there might have been a certain campaign they do and hadn't even just thought of that particular issue. I hadn't mm. thought of that as an ableist term that actually discriminates against people with disabilities or whatever the case may be as well. But um, yeah, I want to hand over to Harley as well, who also spoke at the forum. So do you want to talk briefly about what your, your talk was about? Yeah, sure. So I did a talk on the Saturday morning, which was called Animal Rights Under Occupation, Lessons for the Palestinian Animal League. So I presented about my experiences in Palestine earlier in the year and I presented a little bit about their approach to animal rights being the only kind of dedicated animal rights group in occupied Palestine. And then I kind of, um, I spent most of the talk going over some things that they do that I think that could really benefit our movement to kind of adopt and take on board. So I focused a lot on the way they work within their community and I focused a lot on how they tackle the challenges of dealing with a lot of issues simultaneously because people in Palestine, they don't have the option. They don't have the luxury of not being political. They don't have the lu mm. luxury of not caring about hu their human human rights and land rights because it's their human rights and it's their land rights. So they can't really divorce themselves from that. So it's often quite hard to get people to care about animal rights on top of that because it's very rare to meet someone who has enough privilege as a Palestinian to have that kind of capacity. So, mm. and so I talked a lot about how PAL kind of works within their community and they, they target their campaigns to benefit the community in really key ways. And I talked about how we can bring that in and use that to grow as a movement, become more open, become more grassroots, community-based, not based in 
institutions, remembering who our enemies are, remembering that the system is destroying us all and kind of creating strong communities who can really fight on a number of levels at once and kind of rooting speciesism inside that kind of idea of exploitation rather than having it as separate as like, you know, there's those people who care about human rights and land rights and they're with yeah. us who care about animals. So kind of the intention of the talk and I think um, it went really well was to, yeah, explain how they went about bringing speciesism into the narrative and explaining and showing the community how speciesism contributes to their issues. So it's um, it's something that affects them as well as animals. So it's something that directly contributes to their own suffering. Mm. So, yeah, um, it was really good to be able to talk about it. I was really – I felt really lucky to be able to share my experiences on what I learned from the incredible work being done over there by Palestinian activists, um, both at the Palestinian Animal League and other groups who are working more on human rights, land rights and decolonization work. And, yeah, it was a um, really great experience to be able to share that. Cool. And is there anything you'd like to add about, I guess, specific advice you would have for those in Australia, obviously in uh, quite a different context in some ways at least? But, mm. um, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to know if you do have any particular sort of take-home messages for activists listening in Australia or outside Palestine generally. But also, obviously, this is, a, um, I would say, you know, a fairly sort of controversial topic in society generally. Mm. And I'd say within the animal movement, if not controversial, at least neglected topic yeah. in the animal movement. So I'm curious to hear about the uh, reactions to the talk as well. They were really mm. positive. Um, I think everyone who went to my talk, well, the people who spoke to me seemed to get a lot out of it. I've had a couple of pe people approach me with a desire to go to Palestine or talk to the Palestinian Animal League. Mm. So that's been really positive. Um, it's funny because I think the people who went to my talk seemed to get a lot out of it, but still outside my talk, um, I would talk to people who hadn't been and they would be like, oh, what are you presenting on? And I'd go, oh, animal rights in Palestine. And they'd go, oh, fantastic. You know, Israel is great. Oh, I I've been yeah. to, I went to Israel last year. It's the vegan capital of the world, Tel yeah. Aviv. And I was like, yep. Yeah. That's good. Maybe you should come to my talk. <laughs> so I think it isn't definitely a neglected issue and... Something that I'd really love to talk on more and continue to deconstruct because um, because I was focused on like what we can learn. I didn't get too much of a chance. I think um, I did at the start and I did, you know, throughout my talk, deconstruct that idea of colonization and, mm -hmm. and present the ways in which Palestinians are continually oppressed by Israeli forces and under active colonization and apartheid. Mm -hmm. um, but... I think that's something that's still lost often. It's still considered there's Palestinians and there's Israel and, you know, it's different and they're fighting and that's not good, but that's not something we should engage with. And, you know, Israel is great because they let their soldiers be vegan and Tel Aviv, there's vegan restaurants everywhere. And yeah. it's funny, people say that when the Australian government is supportive of Israel in their current occupation and ongoing exactly. war. So it, yep. they, they try and take this neutral stance without realising that that neutral stance is actually supporting the war on Palestinians. Exactly, 100%. And I think it's something that we often say, it's not relevant to us. It's somewhere else. It's far away. It's an ancient holy war, which, you know, I've deconstructed in conversations with you, you in the past, Nick. But also it's so relevant to us because we're a country where people in this country are also living under an active state of colonization. Yeah. And that's also an issue that is not talked about mm. enough. 
in the animal rights movement and just in society in general. So it's like what is happening in Palestine and something that really, I really, I guess, learnt while being over there, which I should have already thought about more, but it was just that because I was over there and I was like, wow, this is horrible. Then I was like, well, this isn't too far removed mm-hmm. at all from what is happening in, happening in Australia right now mm-hmm. to Indigenous people. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's easy to push it off as this isn't relevant, but mm-hmm. it is absolutely 100% the most relevant mm. to us mm. here. Yeah, and Trevor alluded to that at the start as well, and I think that is mm. there are definitely differences, but certainly mm. similarities in terms of that shared colonial yeah. context as well. And can I just put a quick shout-out? So anyone listening that wants to learn more, um, there's a really good opportunity now to show um, how much you do empathise and want to care and help. Um, the Japarang Embassy is ongoing up near so-called Ararat, so if anyone is in Nam Biranga, which is so-called Melbourne, and wants to go up and help, um, please go up there, uh, bring tent and f- and camping sort of facilities and find out how you can help and learn and um, and fight their, their land rights issue. Yeah, and also on that as well, like talking about how relevant Palestine is to the struggles of Indigenous people in Australia, there's actually a conference coming up next week, which is um, the Black Palestinian Solidarity Conference. So it's activists and academics from Palestine and from all across Australia coming together to share um, thoughts and kind of learnings about the shared struggle of Indigenous Australians and Palestinian people. So I think, like I'm going, it'll be, looks like an amazing conference, some really incredible speakers. And I think that's be another really fantastic opportunity to show support and also to learn more about how what is happening in Palestine is linked to what is happening in Australia and to just learn more about both. Yeah, Yeah, there's a multi-day conference and there's also, I think, one or two single sort of afternoon or night events. So have a look on Facebook. We might try and put some links in something after this. Yeah, and you can listen to Harley's talk. Fortunately, he's already up online, uh, a video of Harley's talk. So I really encourage you to check that out. And that has been shared on the Collectively Free Coolin Nations page on Facebook. So you can look them up. Um, Yeah, I hadn't seen that online yet, but I'll I'll make sure I share it around on the Freedom of Species page. And I'll also put a link to that at freedomofspecies.org in the show notes. So you can have a look at it there. Also, another one that is online is Betty Mellon's talk, Forming a Line with other movements um, and yeah I've already shared that on Freedom of Species social media we'll put that in the notes as well you can also listen to talks from previous years at activistforum.com click on the resources button and you can hear other talks from previous years as well uh, we better go to another track though so yeah we're going to hear from Lagwagon from this song
just like you. Hated authority, hated all my bosses, thought they were full of shit. Look, it's like they say, if you're not a rebel at the age of 20, you got no heart. But if you haven't turned established by 30, you got no brains. Because there are no stories of romance and no fairy tale endings. Before you run out and change the world, ask yourself, what do you really want? From October the 28th to the 31st, some of the worst climate criminals will be gathering for the International Mining Conference, IMARC, at the Melbourne Convention Centre. Blockade IMARC is an activist alliance committed to putting a stop to the mass destruction caused by extractive industries across the globe and the harm they cause to communities and ecosystems. We need your help to be part of this blockade. Find out how at blockadeimark.com or check out our Facebook page, Blockade IMARC a 3CR supporter. This is David Rovix and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55 a.m. Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do and everything can change. Welcome back to Freedom of Species on 3CR. We've been talking about the Animal Activist Forum with Harley and Trevor. And, yeah, in the last few minutes, we're going to move on to another event which is coming up. Uh, yeah, a, a bit of a similar conference, but, um, yeah, I guess a more specific kind of theme, I guess, rather than just general animal activism. It's going to be um, looking at, yeah, I guess, Liberated uh, Futures, I guess, is, is the name of the event. And... Yeah, we've recently put in a, a deadline for proposals of 31st of October, which is coming up very soon. If you submit a few days after that, it's probably okay as well. But if you've got a submission for this event, um, definitely get it in as soon as possible. But yeah, do you want to uh, maybe, Trev, do you want to talk a little bit about what, what we're trying to get out of this event? Yeah, so this is um, sort of following on from the Institute of Critical Animal Studies events in the past. Mm. They've done some multi-day conferences and single-day events over the last few years. And uh, this year, Collectively Free has come on board to try and help um, give some more, I guess, um, behind-the-scenes power and, and helping along with capacity to try and get um, the event as, as, as well as it can be. And um, so we're, we're looking for people who would be interested in hosting a, a presentation, um, a discussion or a workshop or even a panel discussion with multiple mm. people if you've got an idea that you think would um, would suit a really interesting discussion. Mm. Um, it's going to be at the Library in Docklands. Mm. Does it have a more formal name? I think uh, Library at the Dock. Library at the Dock. Yep. <laughs> in Docklands in Melbourne, yeah. And it'll be the 30th of November, yep. the Saturday, and yep. the Sunday, the 1st of December. That's correct. From yeah, about yeah. 10 till 5, I think, both days. Yep, yep, yeah. So, and I guess we're just to mention a few of the um, topics that we've got so far. So, we've got some really interesting ideas already. And again, we're looking for some more. There's still some spots available. So, we're at one of the sessions that we've, um, or proposal we've had submitted is on uh, research for animal liberation. So, how academic work can actually be used rather than to just sort of talk about, you know, animals in this sort of very sort of uh, separate sort of academic kind of way to actually use academic research to work towards animal liberation. Um, and also there's, um, yeah, a session on the experiences of women, non-binary and trans activists in Aotearoa, which is the Maori name for New Zealand. And yeah, um, or I guess maybe New Zealand is a colonial name for Aotearoa, perhaps might be a better way to say that. But yeah, either way, we're looking at sessions, uh, in, I guess, social justice in 
a broad sense. So definitely animal liberation is part of that puzzle, as we've touched on, but also uh, human liberation, uh, environment, climate change. Could We'd also be very interested in sessions along those lines. And also, I guess, um, as we've touched on, all those things are connected as well. So sessions may cover multiple uh, topics from these different areas as well. Um, we're also, there's another um, proposal we've got on um, establishing an inten intentional community of activists in suburban Melbourne based on a philosophy of consistent anti-oppression, which we've been, been discussing today. Um, some of the possible topics that we've um, kind of thought of as that you know, could be possible topics, but again, don't feel limited to this. Anything that's about sort of working towards for a, a better future for humans, other animals and the environment. But some of the possible topics we thought of were things like uh, food sec food security, participatory decision making, uh, responses to climate change, post-capitalist futures, lots of different ideas. But again, don't feel at all limited to that. If you've got anything which fits in within that broad, um, yeah, broad idea of, um, yeah, liberated futures, building better futures, then definitely... Uh, yeah, get in touch so you can find all the details, whether you want to attend the event, whether you want to give a talk or yeah, run a workshop, whatever it may be. If you just search Liberated Futures on Facebook, you'll get the event page, which has all the information, uh, the email to contact to submit a, uh, a proposal, all those kind of things as well. And yeah, just to give some, um, yeah, brief plugs for Freedom of Species. So our show is Sunday 1 to 2 every week. You can tune in via 855am. You can also listen in by the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Uh, all our previous podcasts are available by the Freedom of Species website, freedomofspecies.org, as well as on iTunes. So on the show today, we had the discussion around horse racing and that recent scandal. So check out our last episode for more on that from Adam and Christian. We also welcome any feedback. So if there's, um, yeah, any, any feedback you've got on any shows, you can contact us, info at freedomofspecies.org. If you'd like to email, you can also search Freedom of Species on Facebook and on Twitter, we're at FOS Radio. Make sure you stay tuned for the next show, which is in psychedelia. Always lots of interesting discussions around drug use, drug policy, and yeah, the sort of uh, policy attitudes towards drugs, all these kind of issues. So that's always worth listening to. So make sure you stay tuned if you're listening to live. Um, you can also check out in psychedelia at 3cr.org.au if you're listening to this uh, not live. Um, and yeah, I guess we will we'll go to an end song, but, um, thanks so much for joining me, both of you. And, um, yeah, it's been great to have your perspectives on the forum. Thanks for having us. There was one final thing. I yeah, was we've, got to we've got time. We've got time. Um, <laughs> coming up next Saturday, if people aren't aware, um, there is a, I think it's the third event in the last couple of weeks for Rojava. Um, so it's going to be a solidarity protest to try and help people become aware of what is happening in Northeast Syria. Um, if for people who aren't aware, there's a... A uh, very autonomous um, community organized group um, of it's it w works very similar to a government um, but it's very anti-hierarchical and very um, pro-equality in lots of ways it's it's one of the most um, feminist sort of government structures in the world um, I think they have men and women jointly appointed for pretty much every position and rotating positions um, so they're currently under attack and invasion from Turkey after the US has pulled out of northeast Syria and they are having to ask the Syrian government and the Russian government for help because otherwise they will be exterminated. Um, there are Kurds as well as Arabs and other ethnicities and religions that are represented in Rojava um, in northeast Syria and um, they've been functioning as a 
very well well functioning um, part of the, of that country and and quite safe and and equal for for a while and it's it's been pretty terrible to hear how they've been um, invaded and their yeah their their whole safety is at risk through Turkey trying to to um, push their propaganda that they're a, a risk to their border so um, that's going to be this Saturday um, I believe it's at the State Library at about four o'clock um, be great to see some people there. Great. Yeah, very important one. Thanks for that. Um, we're going to finish up with a track. There's been a lot of focus on climate change activism, which is really important lately. So, um, well, it's really important in general, and there's been a lot of activists around that lately. So, yeah, this is a song which kind of alludes to that. So this is Soul featuring DJ Payne 1 with Flood. So we'll be back next week. Not the three of us, but Freedom of Species back next week. So stay tuned. We'll be back at 1 o'clock next Sunday. It's going down, and you're invited for what they're selling. We ain't buying, there is no running, there is no hiding, there's only fighting or dying. It's going down, and you're invited for what they sell it. We ain't buying, there is no running, there is no hiding, there's only fighting or dying. While they howl at the moon, blue lights howl back There's a chip in my pocket and I know how to use it While I sit in the plot, all I want is a new roof They want jobs, I want time, they want God, I want proof I want my wife to be home, not at work Let's chill, let's read, we'll get done Cause we take them to the streets, probably not My city's so divided, they want a whitewash Martin And Miss Cordesada, come on, let's be real Let's be air, not be gold, let's bend, not be broken Let's build, not be Soul. Let's take it to their homes where they sell us all out. They want to buy up the block, kick everybody out. Charge for the pipes that they didn't even build. They charge for the streets with police waiting tow. Who is the city for? We shop some real tours. Cardinals to the moon. Water gas up the prairie dogs. When I first moved here, it was cheap and had meth heads Now it's just tech bros and paleo coffee shops Progress escapes us, can't help but hate us Thinking I'm white trash, it's a bike, not a Prius All of these weed stores are owned by rich white boys Well, black folks who sold weed sitting in jail cells It's depressing, but that's the way they want it Not us, let's be honest, they turn feel into commas Then they turn the animos river into Hades Fuck around and poisoned every rest from here Settlers, I got 20 on a vegan pizza You'll make me nostalgic for 90 era hipsters I don't wanna make a living I'm here to keep a promise Finally get set Leave it better than you found it That's a tall order No world order Only oil oligarchs and hot fructose Corn syrup soda They burn the food stamps Downtown is a boot camp If you want a class war I'll be an insurgent You've been listening to a 3CR podcast Produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.